I said, I'm going to leave it on so you guys can have the control in the back, and I didn't do that. Let me read on the tape. On a recent trip, <laughs> we had to ask, you got that part? We had to escalate? All right. We were driving an escalade. I wasn't driving. I was being chauffeured in the escalade, and all the bells and whistles, all the features and stuff, and one of the things they had was that driver assist. So uh, my son-in-law, Jaden, was driving. We were heading out to uh, see their cottage, and we were, uh, he was able to hit a couple buttons, and he just kind of folded his arms and sat in the driver's seat as the car drove itself. And it came to a point where he was coming up. He, he wasn't driving too fast, but he came up behind a car, and uh, the, the car, the Cadillac Escalade, signaled a lane change, made the lane change, came back over in front of the car on its own without him touching the wheel. Pretty cool, right? Pretty scary, but pretty cool, right? And... Uh, I said that to say this, technology is changing things quickly, like, uh, over the years. I, I remember when we got internet, like, we, I, be, I remember not having internet. I didn't know, there was no internet back in the day. Having, we had a, the first time we got a computer in our home, like, we were, we were all that. We had a, uh, not a laptop, there's no such thing as a laptop, it was a desktop computer, a 386, if that, you know what that means. And uh, remember that. Some of you may remember when you got a color TV for the first time, I don't, or indoor plumbing. I don't know where you are. And, and you're, uh, I, I'm not judging. I'm saying technology is changing quickly, and our world seems to cha- be changing so fast in the area of technology. But as you read the book of Ecclesiastes, which is written over 3,000 years ago, though technology has changed a lot, the world really hasn't changed much. And that's why the truth, because it's God's word and it's God's truth, but the world really hasn't changed much as far as how it's wired and what goes on in the world. We're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes here, and I hope you like that introduction. I, I thought about this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning when I woke up. That was my, I didn't have that introduction in my notes. That was all from 3 o'clock this morning, so hope you liked it. Uh, anyway, so the uh, book of Ecclesiastes has this big uh, idea of uh, this darkness that he's painting of everything is vanity and vexation of spirit. It's been a while since we talked, so I'm kind of getting you filled back in, and he has this look at life under the sun. Key. He's looking at life and kind of factoring God out of things for right now and just looking at life and how things run and what's going on here on earth. And we see the preacher paints this this black, uh, dark backdrop and he talked about some dead ends that he tried and pleasure and possessions. And, and if you find your worth in those things, you'll find that it's all empty, uh, vexation. You'll get there and you'll say, I want to be there. And you'll get there and you say, no, I want to be there. And you just won't find that satisfaction. This is the, the whole backdrop of the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and uh, there can't be anybody more different than the author of Ecclesiastes and me. He's a king. I'm not. He's very wealthy. I'm not. He has all kinds of free time and money. I do not, right? But yet, what he says about his uh, experience about life is just as true for him 3,000 years ago as it is for you, it is for me today. And so, amazing truth that we can learn here. And so, we kind of took some time to get the, the, the setting here. And now, we're going to move into the kind of the bulk of the book. We're going to take several weeks now to look at two thoughts 
They kind of, if you picture a train track, these are two parallel thoughts that kind of run through the book. There's all kinds of ways to divide the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to do it my way. It's probably not the best way, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, and you're on the ride. So two of these two parallel thoughts, and, and I'm going to talk about one of the tracks today, and then we'll talk about one of the tracks later on. So we'll take a couple weeks to talk about this one track. And really, there's some things here we're going to look at in Ecclesiastes, things that we just need to embrace, and then later some things that we can enjoy. So these two tracks that kind of run throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. So we're going to kind of jump through. If you have a handout, we put those verses for you. We'll put them up on the screen because we're going to jump through Ecclesiastes. We'll start in chapter 3 today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I've entitled this part Reality Check because it's really just kind of telling you this is how life works. This is how it runs. Under the sun, in a broken world that's broken by sin, that uh, this is how things are going to run. And there's some things about this life that we just got to embrace. And so if you're a child here today, you're old enough to listen to my voice and listen to the Word of God, understand these are the things that are just going to be part of life that you have to accept and embrace as the way things run under the sun, apart from God, uh, apart from perfection. Heaven is different. Th- these things are, we're not talking about heaven. We're talking about like here under the sun. All right, we're going to look at, we'll start in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll start there. Lord, please help me today to give truth quickly, but in a way that will be helpful and practical. Lord, help us to live the truth from your word today and this week. And Lord, please guide us and direct us in these next few moments to focus our attention on you and what you want to teach us. In your name we pray. Amen. So the preacher gives us some facts about life that uh, applies. In, in, the, in here it says, some places, this is for the righteous and the unrighteous. So whether you're righteous or unrighteous, this is true. Sometimes it says this is for the, the wise and the unwise, but it's true. You know, for the rich or for the poor, it, it's true. This is just some facts, reality check, things that are happening uh, even in some places, it says, this is true for people and animals. This is a true statement, and uh, we're different than animals, yes, but this is a statement that's true. So there's different things throughout this book that kind of apply. We won't go through all of them, but here's a few today uh, in this reality check, all right? Life under the sun. Look at chapter 3, verse number 1. These verses should sound familiar to some of you. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose and a time to keep and a time to cast away and a time to rend, and a time to sow, and a time to, to keep silence, and a time to speak, and a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Now, if you're not familiar, for those of you who are older, this sounds very familiar to you. It's an old song that they, they made into a song. So back in, on, just so you know, December 4th, 1965, the number one song in the United States was a song by the birds called Turn, Turn, Turn. All right, this is, they took the words uh, almost directly out of the King James Bible, all right? So it does, even if I went out to the, the street corners of St. Thomas and started preaching, hey, there's a time for love and a time for hate, and they would all, it sound very familiar to them. This is the Bible, but it's true, all right? So I think the idea, we're not going to go through all those things. There's a whole bunch of things you can kind of compare, but here's the main thought. There's different seasons of life. 
all right? So point number one for us today is embrace the season. Embrace the season. There, there's a time for love and a time for hate. There's a time for this and a time for that. A time to pluck and time to gather. All these things. There's different. We're not going to talk about all the details of that, but the, the truth is there are different periods or seasons of your life. That's true for the saved and the unsaved. That's true for the, the righteous and the unrighteous and the foolish and the wise. There are going to be seasons in your life, and those seasons come and they go. We're talking about, you know, over in New Zealand, it is going into the spring season. We're starting the fall season. October 1st is a beautiful day here. It doesn't feel like October 1st, right? But we understand seasons here in our area, but it's talking about seasons of life. Let me just give you some thoughts on this. Sometimes there's seasons of waiting. <laughs> Sometimes in your life you're going to go through a season of waiting where you just have to stay put and wait on the Lord. There's so many verses in the Bible about waiting on the Lord and waiting on the Lord. And sometimes waiting is the hardest thing to do. But you, God may put you in a waiting season. And I remember times in my, life, in my family's life where uh, I remember my dad one time... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't tell stories about my dad. He watches this sometimes. So my dad bought, we were at a friend's house on a long weekend, and he bought, a, we were, they were riding dirt bikes, and my dad bought a motorcycle. And he says he's going to drive it home. My mom said, you shouldn't do that. My dad says, I'm going to do that. <laughs> on the way home, he came on this little curve. He just didn't take it quite sharp enough. So I thought he'd ride it off in the grass. He hit a mailbox with his hand, flipped over the handlebars, broke his collarbone and his hand. And he's a bricklayer, so he was off work for a long time. He should have listened to my mom. There was a season of waiting where he just had to sit in a chair, and he slept in that chair, and he stayed in that chair. And sometimes God's just, I mean, there's just seasons of waiting. And that's not maybe the best example of waiting, but you understand. You know, you've all been, haven't we all been there and it's like, God, what should I do? What should I do? And you're kind of like, I'm just going to wait. I just got to wait. You got to embrace the season that you're in, because there are seasons, there will be seasons of waiting, not always, but just embrace the season that you're in. There's seasons of change. Some of you hate the seasons of change. We all like it when the leaves change. It's beautiful, but you hate it when things change. Jackie and I were having this discussion just recently. Last five, five years ago, just five years and maybe three months ago, we had two adult daughters living in our home with no boyfriends. <laughs> And now, they're both married. One moves away. We moved to a different house. Uh, my wife quit her daycare. I had a kidney stone. Like, we talk about five years of change. We went through pastoral change. Even, in, even my job, where I've been for 30 years, it was change. It was different. There's seasons of change. <laughs> and we don't like it, maybe. It's like, oh, I'm sick of the Stop changing things. Stop changing things. But sometimes you just need to say, okay, I'm in a season of change. I'm just going to, this is the way the world works. There are seasons of change, and a lot, these are changes, a lot of these changes weren't changes I made. Some were, some weren't. Changes just happen. Sometimes you've got to embrace a season of change. I'm not saying changing like doctrine. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to preach that and say this. I'm saying, there are, you understand what I'm saying. I think the Bible talks about there's different seasons, and a change is one of those seasons of wondering. Have you ever been in a place where you just weren't clear about what the next step was? <laughs> I just didn't know. I, I want to make a move, and I, I just not sure. There's seasons of being unclear, wondering. But in those seasons, be careful, because wondering often turns to wandering. 
So in those seasons of wandering, don't wander away from the Lord. In fact, in those seasons of wandering, draw close to the Lord. That's, that's the safest place. When you're wondering what to do, get as close to God as you can. <laughs> don't wander. Don't wander from church. Don't wander from the, the believers. Don't wander from the community. Get close, and God will open those doors. God will open your eyes. I heard a man preach one time about the wise men and the way he read the text and explained the text. And I, I didn't see anything I could disagree with was that there seemed to be a time where the star appeared and then the star kind of disappeared and then it reappeared. There's a time where they were just unsure of what to do. And I, I don't think you can say that 100%, but I think there's times in our life where we're like, it's just unclear. And those times of wondering don't wander. Because seasons of wandering should eventually lead to moments of clarity. There should be times where, have you had a moment of clarity like, okay, I know what to do. Finally, I've been waiting for the answer. Now I know what to do. Here it is. Here's the answer. So wandering, wandering sometimes leads and should lead to moments of clarity. Okay, let's step forward. By faith, here's what we need to do. I remember back, this is long before most of you, we were looking for pro- we, property for the church. We, I don't know how many pieces of property Pastor Stone looked at, like hundreds. And we had, we had a, actually, this church could be helped by, on, uh, we, we had actually in a deal for property out on Highway 4 toward Talbotville. And we, had, we were in an agreement, we had put some money down on it, and we were moving toward that 100% by faith, and it fell through. And we were in some seasons of, like, what are we, God, what are you trying to do here? And then it just became clear. This is what we need to build right here. We have the property. Build right here. And we did. And God is blessed. But sometimes this wandering leads to moments of clarity that it should. Seasons of growing. I hope you're in a season of growth. Where, where this, but sometimes, like we talked about even in your announcements about planting and watering. and grow, There's all those seasons. We understand those in harvest, but in our life. So I think the point here is, with all these seasons, just except the fact that seasons are going to come and going to go and going to come seasons of trial seasons of blessings they're going to come and they're going to go except that's the way that's the way life works under the sun seasons are going to come verse 11 kind of wraps this whole thing up he hath made everything beautiful in his time also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that god maketh from the beginning to the end it's all in God's timing. He makes everything beautiful in his time. I think the next phrase there where it says, he has set the world in their heart. I, I did some study. I, I really didn't get a you know, definitive answer. Here's what I think it means. The idea of having the world in their heart is a sense of there's something bigger than you. As you wait on the Lord and as you, as you give in to him, and as you say, God will make this thing beautiful in this time, you'll get a sense of the world is bigger than you. There's a sense of the world in your heart. God's at something bigger that, that, that involves you, but is bigger than you. And so I think coming to that conclusion helps us through these seasons that God's doing something. Yeah, right now, I'm in a season of trial, but somebody else is in a season of blessing. And it's not about me. God's just glorifying himself throughout his whole body. And so just uh, accepting the fact that it's not all about you, there's something bigger than you. And then it says that uh, the idea that we can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning. No one can find that out. We'll never understand the complete plan of God, this side of heaven. You won't understand everything God's doing this side of heaven. It's just part of it. So number one, the thing to embrace is embrace the season. Are you in a season right now? 
Are, are you in a, in a time where it seems to be successive things that all put you in a time of waiting or growth or, or trial or trouble? Or Maybe you're in a season today, you just got to say, Lord, I, I surrender to you. I submit to you in this season. I'm in a season of, I don't know what to do. Lord, I just don't know what to do. But I am going to, at this time, I submit to you in the time of, uh, of wandering, and it won't lead to wandering. It's going to lead me right back to you. And I submit to you. Embrace the seasons of life because they're going to come and they're going to go. And they're going to come and they're going to go. And it's me that way throughout our whole life. It's just the way the world works under the sun. Number two today, and this is the last one. I get, we have several verses to look at. But I just want to put it this way. Embrace the grind. There's a grind to life. <laughs> there is, life is filled with hard work. It is. Much of life is monotonous. Same thing over and over again. Ladies, I don't know if you notice this or not, but like, it seems like maybe you do a load of laundry and there's another load that disappears after that. It just magically appears and you do a load of laundry and there's more laundry and, there's, and dishes the same way. You just wash the dishes, and now the dishes are not done. Like, and housework. And men, this year especially, with all the rain we had, you cut the grass, and two days later, you got to cut the grass, and you got to cut the grass, and then you got to cut the grass. Usually, we get a little break in August, no grass, but not this year. This keeps growing. Life is full of this monotonous hard work. And throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, um, the king in Jerusalem, who's looking at life, highlights this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse number 3. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. See, a dream only comes if you do a lot of business, a lot of work. To make a dream a reality, there's a lot of work to get there, and a fool's voice is known by a lot of talk. Right? So young people, <laughs> adults, embrace the fact that hard work is part of life. It's, it's part of the grind. You're not going to escape it. If you want to uh, just embrace it, there is a grind. A dream. If you have a dream, you have something that you want to accomplish, it's going to come through a multitude of business. Look at chapter 5, verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Isn't that interesting? We all want, everybody wants to be rich. If this is Solomon, we believe it is. He is rich. And as a rich man, he says, it's the labor of the, of the man who works for everything. He can sleep, but the rich man has a hard time sleeping. Do you think, hey, I, I'll try it. I'll trade places with Solomon any day. But the idea of having a purpose to get up and a reason to go and to get out and do something, and, and then put your head in the pillow at night and say, I accomplished something. I did something today that mattered. I did something with my life. There is a blessing to the work. Understand that the work in the Garden of Eden was not part of the curse. It's what God created man to do. Take care of the garden. And so we are made to work and embrace the grind of life. Look down at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Familiar verse that we quote often from Ecclesiastes. Verse number 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. 
If you got something to do, work hard at it. Put your hand to it. Kids, listen to me. If, and your parents want to be teaching you this. I'm sure they are. If you're going to do it, do it right. Put your hand to it. I, I remember we had these uh, summer interns would come out to our church, and they had, one, of the, one of the tests was to cut the grass, right? I could give you some names. And they, had a, they cut that grass, and Pastor Stone said, the lines aren't straight enough. Get back out there and cut it again. He, what, was it really about the lines? No, it was about, we weren't cutting the grass. You're trying to build a guy. You're trying to build a character and teach them. And we had some guys that had come to our, uh, into our summer interns that were not, had not been taught that by, some didn't have like fatherly influence in their life. And they're just learning hard work is character. And, and so that's what the Bible says. Put your hand to it. Do it with your might. Embrace the hard Feel good about hard work. You do a hard day, and it doesn't have to be men, uh, physical, it can be mental. My dad said often to me, my dad was, a, you know, I worked with his hands all his life, he said, I would rather do 10 days of my work than one day of your work with your mind and trying to figure things out and talk to people and deal with people. He said, I, that would exhaust me. We're all made differently, but embrace the work and do your best. Look at chapter 10, verse 18. By much slothfulness, the building decayeth. And through the idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. I remember early on, this is years, when I first came as youth pastor, probably before Jackie and I were even married, I preached a message to our teenagers. And I remember we were actually using the school next door for our teen class. And I I remember saying, the title of my message was, How to Destroy the Youth Group. That was my title. It's pretty good. How to Destroy, I was good back then. It's gone downhill since then. How to destroy the youth group. And I said, I read this verse. I said, do nothing. Come in. Don't, don't sing. Don't read your Bible. Don't participate. Don't come to the activities. Don't invite anybody here. Don't pray for anybody. Just do nothing. And the house will fall apart. You know that your house, don't, don't you? If you do, as a church, if we, do, if we have nobody doing maintenance here, it just falls apart. Even as we try to keep up, we always, there's always constant. Big, we think, we got this project done. Well, there's another project, right? You feel like your house, I got this done. My house, no, my house isn't done. I got to fix this now. And the Bible says that through idleness of hands, a building decay. Any work, any ministry, anything we do, if we don't put hard work into it, it's eventually just going to go down. That's a biblical principle. And, and Ecclesiastes is saying, hey, folks, this is how life works under the sun. Embrace the season that you're in and embrace that there's a grind to life. There's a lot of parts of life that are not fun. I don't like taking out the garbage, but it's got to be done. You don't take out the garbage, it piles up. <laughs> That's what happens, right? You got to embrace the grind of it. So in this life under the sun, there will be seasons and there will be a grind to life. Accept it. But God is with you in every season and God blesses hard work. And so we're going to pick up next week a few more things on this track of things we just got to accept and embrace. But for this week, I, I want to challenge you. Embrace the fact that you'll have seasons in your life and that there is a grind and, and, and things don't... It's not always easy. Have you ever said to yourself, why can't it just be easy? Well, it's not. Because we're under the sun and it's sin and this is part of the way life is. You know where it's easy? Heaven. That's where it's easy. There's nowhere else in the world where it's easy. Heaven's the only place. And so we get there, there's going to be this grind 
to life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment before we close in a song? Can I ask you now with your eyes closed, thinking personally, are you going through a season right now? Has it been a difficult time? Or maybe you're in a time of great blessing. Thank the Lord for that. Just accept the fact there's maybe it's a season of change and you're having a hard time with it. A season of wondering what's next. A season of waiting. Oh God, just give me the answer. Give this to me now. Are you okay with the fact that God makes everything beautiful in his time? And will you submit to the fact that there's just seasons in life? I think it'll be a help. I know it'll be a help to us because it's biblical. And maybe today you're going through a difficult time. It's tough. Maybe you're weary in well doing. <laughs> the Bible says in the New Testament, don't be weary in well doing because you'll reap if you faint not. Stay in the work, stay in the, in the grind. You know, there's a grind to the bus ministry, there's a grind to teaching the Sunday school, there's a grind to doing maintenance. There's a grind to, to serving other people. There's a grind to giving of yourself. There's a grind to just giving the gospel every chance you get. There's a grind to it. Embrace the grind and accept the fact that's how life is under the sun. I hope that I understand that it'll be an encouragement to you that's not just you going through the grind or not just you going through waiting. It's just the way life is. And if you accept that and turn your eyes upon the Lord in those times, it'll help you get through those difficult seasons. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, these words from Ecclesiastes would uh, be an encouragement to us this week and uh, that we'd be excited about the work that you give us to do. And Lord, I pray that in the season that we're in in our life, that we'll accept that and that will help our, our growth and our relationship with you and not turn us away from you. So Lord, give us wisdom in these areas. In your name we pray.